Welcome to the Tell Me Something Real podcast. Real people, real stories, real talk. Greetings, realists. This week, Kelly and I are going to explore the concept of being an adult and making friends with other adults. And why is being married and having friends so difficult? Of course, no friendship talk is complete without discussing all of our favorite reality TV shows. Who needs friends when you have reality TV anyway, am I right? Just kidding. But first, let's start with our usual friend check-in and update. Hi, Heather. Hey, Kelly. How are you? (laughs) I'm great, thanks. So tell me, what's going on with you this week? Well, it's been a pretty busy week for me. A lot of new stuff is happening. Per so usual. Per usual. This one is especially exciting. Uh, so we started the week off getting a new horse. Very That's exciting. exciting. So it's my first quarter horse. Um, my husband tells me that if I keep saving my money, soon I can get a half a horse and then <laughs> a full horse. Because he's got jokes. A ching. So. So anyway, yeah, my first anyway. quarter horse and uh, <laughs> he's pretty awesome. We went to the chiropractor yesterday and he got an adjustment because only the best of all the good things for my horse. So. Wow. I am really jealous of your horse. <laughs> well, one day you should come out and it sounds amazing and see our horse. I want to. Yeah. Well, so that's exciting. Um, Congratulations. Well, thank you. We haven't ridden them yet because we're trying to get them all fixed up, you mm-hmm. know, um, he was an old ranch horse and those horses get worked pretty hard and they don't get a lot of health care. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we're trying to get them up in tip top condition. Cool. So, yeah. Then the other new thing, which is so exciting. I waited so long is I got a new tattoo. Tell me more. Okay. <clears throat> so Kelly, I feel like a year ago, maybe you said uh-huh. something to me about getting a Durga tattoo. Uh, yes. And I was like, I'll be damned if Kelly gets a Durga tattoo before me. Because I went to India. I'm the one that deserves the Durga tattoo. Like, I feel like this is how we do all of our tattoos, though. Yes. So then I immediately entered myself into a solo competition to beat you at getting this tattoo, which is so funny because I don't even you think won. You <laughs> I don't even think you knew that we were in a competition because I didn't tell you that because that gave me an advantage. Had you known we were in a competition, you might have. I would have been on top of that so fast. <laughs> Except so, for the whole pandemic thing that happened. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's funny because I this that conversation happened mid-pandemic. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had, I reached out to a friend of mine who had a tattoo done locally that I remembered her saying really good things. It was her first tattoo. And she said the lady had a really good touch. And that was the number one thing I was looking for. I also mm-hmm. was really wanting to work with a female tattoo artist for the first time. I've only yeah, for worked sure. with men in the past, which is fine. They were they were fine. Um, but I wanted a different experience. Um, and so I call up this lady and she can fit me in eight months later. So April. Wow. And I was like, sold. I'll take it. And at that point, I was worried I might not win the competition because I had to <laughs> wait so long to get this appointment. Um, but as we were nearing the, the date of the appointment, it, it looked like I was going to have an easy win. So I, I coasted easily into Congratulations. the <laughs> So anyway, so I got a new tattoo. Um, we did just the outlining. Mm-hmm. Um, it took, you know, about four hours which is the longest I've sat that's so long yeah I think I I think maybe an hour or so is the longest I've ever Mm -hmm. done me too and the last time when I got my Sanskrit mantra on my calf I just remember begging for it to be over and I remember every time the guy put that needle down it just felt like he was dragging a razor blade Mm. all the way across my leg it was so intense and painful and I thought I'll never come back here again even though this guy had done like half of my tattoos at that point so which was two yeah (laughs) just want to be (laughs) give you guys realistic how many wait how many tattoos do you have at this point um okay hold on 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think this is seven. Wow. Okay. So that's yeah. a lot because you used to not be into tattoos at all. Like no. I was the tattoo person you were. and then you started getting tattoos, but then you were anti-tattoo again. And then you started getting tattoos again. <laughs> well, I got one tattoo. So I, I had a business card back when I was a massage therapist that had this really mm-hmm. cool seven point star that looked like it was henna drawn mm-hmm. on skin. And, um, I loved it so much that, uh, I had a friend who had a friend that was a tattoo artist and, you know, like did it in his garage or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I like went there and paid the guy 30 bucks. And I got this really simple tattoo that for years, people, random people that I don't know at a pool, is that henna on your back? Wow. And I get to tell my tattoo story. So, um, so that's where it all started. And yeah, I took a long pause after that. I thought for years that I loved the tattoo so much. I could never see getting mm-hmm. another tattoo, but then I got into friend tattoos, <laughs> like matching tattoos, like me and you have two friend tattoos. Mm-hmm. And then me and my sister have two friend tattoos um, or sister tattoos, I guess. And we've <laughs> talked about getting more, like we want to do more and more tattoos. Yeah. Um, and then I did my mantra. That was my first like big piece that it was about me since the uh, seven point star. And I did that one to look like henna too. Mm-hmm. And I also yeah, get I like so one. many cool compliments on that from people in the summer months when you get to see my legs. Yeah. Which is funny. Cause the last tattoo I got before it was literally right before pandemic was Sanskrit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love a good Sanskrit tattoo, mm. but I was, and then again, I got so happy with my tattoos. I couldn't imagine adding, like, it just seemed like anything I would do after that would spoil what I had done. So um, anyway, well, this but is I did exciting. It. I can't wait for, I can't wait to see it. Like, I really want to see what it looks like without anything on it when it's all healed. Me like, too. super stoked. So I'll take a picture once it's healed and yeah. I'll, I'll post it to Instagram or something Yay. so everyone can see it. But yeah, so I have to wait another six months to go back and get the shading done. So that's sad. Uh, it yeah. is, but it's exciting because then you get to get used to it and really appreciate what it looks like now. And then like really think about any fine details that you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm super stoked. And I was actually lukewarm on the t- tattoo by the time mm-hmm. the day came. I almost canceled the appointment. I was just, yeah. we just bought this horse. Like my mind was in so many other places, not in spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars putting ink unnecessarily on my body. So. Yeah, that's understandable. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, most of most almost all of my tattoos have been spur of the moment tattoos. And so if Mm -hmm. I have to like think them out too much, then I'm kind of whatever about them. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense, but I'm really glad that you love it. I do. And it's my first original art tattoo. Everything else was like something you could get offline or, you know, Mm -hmm. a picture we had seen that we copied. Yeah. So yeah, this one was actually totally original created. I sent pictures for Instagram inspiration and the artist came up with her own tattoo based on my ideas and I think it's the best Durga tattoo that I've seen anywhere on Google Images nice so yeah hopefully one day people will use my picture as inspiration when they go to get a Durga like when I finally go get one I'll be like I'll just bring you with me oh like this one yeah And for those out there who don't know, Durga is the Hindu goddess of protection and amongst other things, she's like all kinds of good stuff, but she's awesome. You should look her up. Very empowering. Yeah. It's a power piece. Mm-hmm. Like that's what was so <laughs> important about it is that, like, if you're going to take the entire top half of your arm for mm-hmm. something, it needs to be really powerful and like in a good way, Yeah, you know? So like my mantra, that's my whole you know, inside lower leg. And, uh, and that's important. It needs to be that big. It's like really important to me. Mm-hmm. And what's um, more powerful than like a badass woman riding a tiger? Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Holding 10 different weapons. Right. <laughs> it's really exciting. So yeah. 
Cool. So that's, that's my update. What's going on with you? So, okay. I have two things that I want to talk to you about that are the most exciting things ever. The first one is I started listening to this new podcast. It's not a new podcast, but new for me Mm -hmm. called Celebrity Book Club with Chelsea Devantes, Devantes. I'm not sure how you pronounce her last name. Either way, it's so good. So I love reading memoirs, like favorite thing ever. So Mm. um, she, on each episode, she talks about a different celebrity um, memoir with a different person. And so they just, it's just like, this is like your best life podcast ever. It's my best life that I am living through this podcast vicariously. Like I would love to have that podcast, but what's really great is that now I don't have to read these memoirs because (laughs) I'm just listening to these. So it's like the ones that I would consider, I have read a couple of them and I've saved those, those episodes because I love hearing about like what people have to say that are in the industry about stuff that's going on in the industry. It's so fun. So my other update is actually about a memoir that I am reading or listening to on audiobook. Because apparently there's no podcast about it yet. So nope. (laughs) So I don't like audiobooks unless they are autobiographies because I we've love covered that. Yeah, we've talked about it. I love listening to people tell their stories. So I am listening to the new Hunter Biden memoir called Beautiful Things. And it is so good. Heather. So is this about when he, he started dating his brother's wife or something? Um, so I think that he's, he, bar- he doesn't even touch on that. Or at least he hasn't yet. Um, So it starts out like he talks about um, Bo, his brother dying Mm -hmm. and like the relationship that he has with Bo. He talks about his mother and little sister dying in the car crash that he and Bo were both in. Um, It talks about like growing up Biden and like just his family in general, like his family structure and what that was like. And now I'm in the thick of it and he's talking very seriously about his addiction. Mm. And it's like, a really good addiction book. So if it starts nice. off and I've like, I've started listening to it when I go for a walk. So the way that my, um, I got it from the library and the way it works is like you download a part of it at a time. So each part is like 40 mm-hmm. minutes to an hour. So I just go for a walk for 40 minutes to an hour every day and listen to it while I'm okay. on my walk. And like the first day or two, I was like, bawling as I was walking like it was so I was so emotional like neighbors think this oh my gosh this Biden family Heather I cannot get over like how close and like I just I aside from like all of the immense tragedy that they have like dealt with over and over and over again I'm, I'm so like ready to be adopted by the Bidens, like any day, make it happen. I'm ready for it. Like, I feel really sad that like, we all didn't grow up in households like this. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I want Joe Biden to be my dad. Like I am so into this family and like, we all know like Hunter's the troublemaker, you know, like like Donald Trump would have us believe that he is like the worst, you know, human that ever exists or whatever. So yeah. I didn't actually know that much about Hunter Biden before I started listening to this book. And yeah. now I'm like, oh my gosh, like I love Hunter Biden. Like, I think I want to be adopted into, into this family so that like we can all be <laughs> siblings or something oh like God, their so family funny. is just so freaking cool. Like, um, I don't know. I'm, I've been really touched by reading this book. And like I said, like now I'm kind of really in the thick of the addiction part and it's, it's really raw and, um, it's well-written. It's well said. Um, and, and, and I'm really Hunter's enjoying reading it. it. Yeah. Hunter's reading it. So it's really good. I only have, um, 
it's a seven part audio uh, book and I have two parts left. So, okay. We'll, well see what exciting. happens now next, but he doesn't really touch on like, he doesn't touch on that, that thing with his okay. sister-in-law. I know I would imagine that I it's was just thinking out of respect. That that's what, I was thinking that's what the book was about. I don't know. No, where not, I at got that from. Okay. Um, not at all. Um, and, and like, I would imagine out of respect, he wouldn't do that. Um, okay. I mean, he talks about his marriage, but yeah, he hasn't really mentioned, I mean, he's mentioned parts in the book where he would be like, we were just friends, you know, we were friends or whatever mm -hmm. at this mm -hmm. point. Um, so it, that kind of makes me think that he's alluding to bringing it up later. That mm -hmm. said, I'm not sure like how much he'll go into that. Cause I don't think that lasted for a very long time. And I think it was very much like a thing that happened out of grief grief yeah, um that was my impression of it but yeah so um I didn't see it as like a scandalous thing that's why no it I wasn't was scandalous he was at all. talking about, I, I figured he would talk about it so yeah okay. no but um but he goes a little bit into like politics and like his work mm -hmm. and like stuff that he's done which I Laundering didn't even... money from foreign countries yeah I don't his think it quite worked like that personal bank account <laughs> yeah I'm, I <laughs> that's I, not what happened doesn't sound like that's the way it happened um and I mean, I just, know. I feel like he's very upfront about a lot of things. Um, mm -hmm. And it doesn't sound like bullshit. Like I'll yeah. say that it's, it, he doesn't sound like a bullshitter, um, mm -hmm. nor does he sound sleazy or corrupt or like, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Like I'm buying okay. into it. So I definitely think it's worth. I'd say it's worth reading, but I, I'd listen to it. It's worth listening to. Yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying it. And I have like eight quick. audible credits. I've got to, I got to like buy some audible books. So I'll totally grab that one. Yeah. It's, it's really good. And I really wish that I had read this, like, and there's even there's, I'm learning so many little tidbits about just all sorts of things. And I wish that I had read it before the election hmm. because, um, I don't like, I, I would have even been more into like team Biden had I read this before the election. Um, so it's just, it's all, it's all Was very it out interesting. Before the election? No. Um, okay, so. I think that he started writing it in like 2016, 2015, 2016, okay. something like that. Um, I'm not sure. Um, whenever he started writing it, he had not been a year sober yet. So okay. like there was a lot going on like with him when he started mm -hmm. writing it, but, okay. um, but yeah. And he talks a lot. I mean, it's just great. That's all else. That's that's okay. I'll end it's on that. It's great. totally worth listening to. Let's pause for just a moment and we'll be right back. All right. So do you want to introduce our friendship talk? Sure. Okay. So this week we're going to talk about friendship which Woo! i apparently know nothing about so i am here for learning i mean I'm that's really I'm funny gonna... that you say that since you're on a podcast with your longest term so friend. you know and that's funny because i've often thought if we didn't have this childhood connection there's many times in our lives where i don't know if we could have withstood yeah the test of time because we're so different mm -hmm. like we disagree on so many things there's so many polarizing issues that come up where I'm like oh I can't even with you yeah and Though I uh, will say I feel like the older we get the more we're starting to lean in similar directions yeah I can see us now meeting and being friends but I'd say through most of our 20s and 30s the only thing that held us on was that yeah. we just had we knew each other so well and like you just can't not be friends with someone when you know like no one else knows me as well as you do yeah. like I need I need you here to um hold the mirror up to my face and to call my bullshit because I can bullshit anyone who I've known for less time probably but not you so, yeah same totally. so yeah that that was like such a like a solidifying point to our friendship but yeah I mean at the same time I definitely feel like if we had just been friends from college like we would have dropped each other mid-20s easy 
Yeah. And then like done with that. Cause I've done it to other friends where I'm like, that was fun in college. And now we're not the same people. Yeah. I feel like so. that's one of the biggest things like to talk about in friendship. Like, I don't, I don't know how this conversation is going to go. Um, I do have some things written down that I want to like touch on, mm-hmm. but um, I notice like my friendships have definitely changed and shifted as I've gotten older, not only like who I'm looking for and what type of person I'm looking for in a friend, but like, I am just so not afraid to cut people loose if Mm -hmm. they just don't make sense in my life anymore or vice versa. Um, And I think that's one of the biggest differences. I think that in my thirties, actually, I started getting, you know, like unfriending people Mm-hmm. Um, just because they did, I didn't need to keep people around just because I had known them for a decade or, you know, whatever, or just because, you know, for any mm-hmm. reason like that, if they didn't serve a purpose in my life, um, I just don't, you know, for what? Yeah. So I think it's just really important to be mindful about the relationships that we have. And mm-hmm. I know that I only have so much energy to give and, yeah. um, Sometimes I can be bad about not putting enough energy into the people that matter. So like, I really don't want to have too many people on board because I want to be able to give all of my energy to the people that I want to keep around. Yeah. And I definitely have let go of the people where if you stop calling and making plans, you never hang out. So I quit calling and making plans with all of those people a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and no one called me to make plans. So that's, you know, that's easy right there. Um, but yeah, I did the same thing. I, I sort of slowly disconnected from most of my adult friends. I found that most of those relationships had been developed through some usage of alcohol to extreme (laughs) on all of our parts. And then um, I quit drinking a few years ago and those friendships just had no purpose anymore Mm -hmm. and weren't even healthy for me. So I disconnected with those friendships and, you know, it's hard to make new friends at this point in life too. So you end up like, if you let go of all the people, which is kind of where I think I'm at right now, like I've just kind of let go of everyone that's not healthy. And yeah, there's really not anyone left except you. So it's just me and you. (laughs) Nice. How it began. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have some other people that we are acquainted with and we do things with occasionally, but, um, I really don't know that I've done too well at this friend thing ever. Honestly, (laughs) I was a people pleaser in high school. So Mm -hmm. I just did whatever I could do to get to hang out with this group of friends that probably just mostly used me because I had a car. And, uh, and then I think it just went on from there. Like I've never really connected like deeply with good people and then built lasting friendships. And maybe you have been like my crutch. Like I never needed to, cause I have Kelly. Like I don't, I don't have to seek out that person and try to find a good friend because you're always there. We talk almost every day. Like some days I'm like, it's three in the afternoon. I haven't talked to Kelly. Is she alive? I need to text her like for a welfare check, you yeah. know? Cause it just feels crazy if I've gone like too long without just hearing even like a random comment from you about like, I just watched I Love Lucy or something like, awesome. See, (laughs) and what's funny about that is that I think I'm the opposite in that um, my family life was a little chaotic when I was growing up. And so I like used my friends as my family and my friends have always been my family. So um the friends that I have, I mean, I can count on two hands, you know, like I don't have tons of friends, but I've had those friends for a very long time. Um, and I think like when I connect with someone, it's very mindful and it's usually really deep, really fast. Mm -hmm. And then they stay in my life for a while. Um, 
And I've only had a couple of those types of people that have been friends for over a decade that I've had to cut loose or who have cut me loose because we just didn't have anything, any reason to connect anymore. Um, That actually happened to me recently where there was someone that I had been friends with, man, for 15, nearly, I guess, 20 years Mm. almost. And, um, I have to do math real quick, but yeah, (laughs) it's 20 years. And we emailed, you know, because most of my friends don't live anywhere near me. And, you know, we text or the same way you and I, you know, connect, um, text and he and I emailed all the time. And it had gotten to a point where we were sending really long emails and waiting a while in between the emails. And I just didn't I didn't have the energy for it anymore, but I wasn't ready to say that, you know? Mm. And so I kind of just, the last couple of emails that he sent, I let them go a little bit too long before I emailed back, I think. Um, And so like, I, I was kind of tired of apologizing for not emailing back quickly. Mm. And then the last email that I sent to him, he never responded to. And that was that. Wow. And that was a couple of years ago. And I just never needed to, I didn't send another email back. I just didn't, you know, I felt like that's the end. Like it's the yeah. end and it's, it's okay. Like it, we had a good run, um, mm-hmm. but we didn't really have anything pertinent to talk about. We didn't really have any reason to stay connected anymore. Um, yeah. And that's like, and I will say that has happened with, another male friend that I had for a really long time that I recently stopped talking to that, you know, as well. Um, Mm. and I just like, uh, I don't know, especially with, with friends of the opposite sex, I'm not saying you can't be friends with people of the opposite sex, but it's just kind of like, I don't need a hundred men, male friends. I can Um, be friends with the opposite sex. I've never, had a guy who was my friend who I didn't at some point determine that they were just interested in a relationship with me, despite the fact that I was married or in Mm -hmm. some other relationship. Yeah. I mean, I will say when I was younger, most of my friends were guys. Mm -hmm. And then as I've gotten older, I've started to really value my female friendships for the first time. And now I really prefer them. And I agree with you. Like, I will say, like, I have maybe one really good male friend right now and Mm -hmm. there's no weird sex stuff. There's, you know, there's no weird tension. It's, there's nothing weird about it. It's just like, we're good friends and it it works. Um, The only male friendships I have that work are with gay men. I have two, I don't want to say I have no friends, but I have two gay friends, gay guy friends who those are different types of relationships mm-hmm. than girls or, or with yeah. straight guys. And, um, and I've managed to hold on to those for a while now. So, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, but that's the only way I've ever found it to be workable with the opposite sex. But yeah, I mean, there's nothing more frustrating than being blindsided by finding out that someone you thought that you were just like BFFs with was really just trying to sleep with you for like years and it's like wait what (laughs) like it's really just like the most frustrating thing and it can really mess you up so um so yeah i mean i did i did marry a guy that i friend zoned for 20 years yeah and i but i mean mean, that's totally different i mean (laughs) so i guess you're lucky that he was trying to sleep with you for a really long time because that worked out I mean, you know, there's like, you know, there's a chance, I guess. Yeah. So I guess we're delving into another thing that I really wanted to touch on with, with friendships is boundaries. We have talked about boundaries in this podcast before, and I will also say that my boundaries with friends have completely shifted over time. Um, Yeah. As in, did you have boundaries when you were younger or, or good boundaries when you were younger and now you have better boundaries? Um. Or I don't know that I had boundaries. any boundaries when I was younger. I don't like, think I did either. That's why I asked. Yeah, I think I, I mean, I started to, I probably had better boundaries than you did just because I wasn't like, I was, I 
don't think that I was super people pleasy with my friends. Unfortunately, I was a lot of times kind of social climbing. Oh, um, yeah. And um, We're so, all yeah, social climbing. In but our I mean, own way. <laughs> and, you know, I. I know how to say no now when I didn't used to, I know how to put the phone down. I also know like what not to talk about with certain people. I mm-hmm. definitely have like different friends for different things. Like you're probably the only person that I'll talk to about pretty much anything that's going on. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't talk about like my relationship with my other friends or, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, I want to hear more about about your status in that regard since you've you've shifted a bit over the years so I definitely had no boundaries in fact I would have done anything for Mm -hmm. anyone when I was a teenager and in my early 20s and I often did much to my own detriment even but I just had never had friends in school remember I'm the kid in first grade where the teacher told the whole class that it was okay for us to make up a friend yes we when I put remember. your name down <laughs> okay so but whatever jokes I never on that have teacher any now. friends yeah oh my gosh that teacher's not even with us anymore so you know, see and I rest, felt like I had a lot of friends soul. I just didn't I felt like I had a lot of friends and no friends at the same time because yeah. I had like uh, different acquaintances in every social group mm-hmm. but I wasn't like really good friends with any of them yeah I was so socially awkward as a child I really did not you know I just would say things that other kids were like why <laughs> why are you so weird and I'm like I don't know it just that's how I am now <laughs> <laughs> but uh so then when I got into my late teens early 20s I decided I really wanted to master at least pretending to be good at social situations and sort of went like the opposite direction and became like this social butterfly of sorts Um, and that's also when I lost a lot of weight so I had a lot more confidence about meeting new people Mm -hmm. Um, but again still no boundaries at all if you were my friend you could do anything to me Um, and I would feel like I had to put up with it because you were my friend um And also I don't hold grudges for very long, whereas other people do. And so I'd be way over something and my friend would be like still mad years later. And I'm like, can we just move on? That seems Mm. stupid. But, um, but I did, I think probably in my thirties start creating boundaries. I, I had a friend who would stop by unexpectedly and I, created I realized like that was not good for me and I just set like a clear boundary like that that did not work for me and um and actually even went through like an official breakup with the friend that involved an email and everything wow we we later became friends again but there was a time where I just needed to say I need a break from this because I feel really like my boundaries have been trampled so that's my thing now like I have incredibly firm boundaries I think we talked a little bit about this in our um other episode about communication and boundaries. Um, I have very clear boundaries. I try to be very clear with others what those boundaries are. Um, Sometimes I feel like they're common sense (laughs) boundaries. Um, And and if you cross the boundaries, to me, there is no coming back. I just do not negotiate with terrorists is my, my perspective. So it's a death sentence to our friendship. Like you're saying at the beginning, there's no need to mm-hmm. continue. Like we're too old to fight yeah. for friendships that are going to just hurt us in the end. So yeah, yeah. I, I will cut you loose. Yeah. Especially if you realize that you are in the kind of friendship where you're the one who's always giving mm-hmm. and like your friend is really just like a, a social vampire yeah. or whatever. And they're just sucking and I definitely the energy attract- out of you. I attract those people for yeah. sure. Like, I don't know what I've done, but I absolutely attract those people all the time. And no matter how I try to do it differently or <laughs> it just doesn't change a thing. If, if I have someone who, you know, yeah, coming to me and, and plays it out like that. So that's why I've had to set clear boundaries. Cause I'm like, Nope. I mean, I feel like I don't want to just not, take a chance on being friends with people, but I'm kind of at that point now where I'm like, all right, I've got maybe five friends 
total in the world. Which I think is actually a lot. Probably good with that. Like, I think five is actually a pretty good number. Um, I'm feeling solid about it. Yeah. So I guess on that note, do you have any advice for maintaining friendships or how you prioritize? Because we're both like married people um, and you have kids. So like, do you how to maintain friendships whilst also prioritizing your family over like, how do you prioritize family and friendships? I try to take like one day a month and spend with my friends. So that's, that's my, any more feels like I'm taking away too much from my family. So I have like one friend who I try to keep up with here locally. And so like once a month, if I, I've tried to like go out and do something with that person, wow. Um, even if it's only for a little while and it's only like just sitting at, you know, one of our houses or something. Yeah. But. I mean, I'm, I very rarely socialize, which is interesting because there have been parts of my life. I mean, this is the difference now, I guess, where I am in my life. Cause mm-hmm you know, in my early twenties, mid twenties or whatever, I was out every night of the week with friends. What else was I doing if I wasn't with friends? And if I was finished with one group, then I would invite another group and then we'd be out later, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, even just a few years ago, I was socializing with friends at least once a week. Mm -hmm. Um, and if I wasn't, I started to get really antsy, you know, I started to get really like kind of sad about missing my people around. Um, and now I never socialize. And I mean, granted we are Mm -hmm. in a pandemic, but I will be honest with you and say that the pandemic didn't change anything for me when Mm -hmm. it comes to socializing, because we had just sort of ended relations with the one friend group that we were hanging out with. Um, yeah just because it felt really dramatic at the time, just because I felt like they sort of made it dramatic. But Mm. for us, it was just kind of like, this doesn't make sense anymore. We're at different Mm -hmm. places in our lives and no hard feelings. This just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, But now we don't hang out with anyone and like, I'm ready to find a new friend group, but a friend group that actually fits Mm -hmm. in our lives now with, with our, you know, that's sort of on similar paths. So, um, well, let me know how, but I mean, there needs to be like, there should be Tinder for friends. Like there needs to be more. I think there is, I think there's stuff like that. Um, there there are meetup groups. There are things I've done meetup groups. I know. I've usually, to be honest, I've found the majority outside of the friends that I've had, like you, my whole life, mm-hmm. I found mm-hmm. most of my friends in jobs and yeah. not like the normal, boring, you know, nine to five, blah, blah, blah jobs. But like, usually when I move to a new city, I'll get a job, like I'll work at a gym or I'll work retail or something like that, because that's how you meet people. That's how you mm-hmm. meet people is you have like a job where you're just sitting around talking to your coworkers all day. Mm-hmm. So that's where I've met some of the best people. I met really cool. Well, I did meet some of the best friends I've made at all my friends I've made either in childhood or at jobs like this. Wow. So I've so, made zero work friends in my adult life. Wow. I mean, a lot of times I will have the crappiest job ever, but I will stay at that job because I love the people I work with so much. The worst jobs that I've had have produced the best friendships, Mm. hands down. And like, and I will say, I'll touch on the prioritizing for a minute. I will say that I, a lot of times, I used to be really bad at prioritizing my friends over my relationship and I've gotten Mm -hmm. a lot better. That said, if I do get into like a really long text conversation or something, when I'm supposed to be doing something with my husband, I will at least make sure that I explain the importance of it to him (laughs) and apologize and say, look, I've got to have this conversation right now. 
but this is <laughs> this is important. I will give you all the time later, but like this yeah. is important. Um, so I do like I think it's necessary to at least have that level of respect or of like you are. And we tried to take turns like going when we were hanging out with people, like not spending too much time with other people um, and prioritizing that. Mm -hmm. How yeah. about, oh, wait, what were you going to say? I was going to say, yeah, I, I just do it very minimally. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, it's just, it was a big issue earlier in our marriage mm -hmm. because he felt that I spent way too much time and I probably did. Um, but it was what I had known because that was like really important to me was my, you know, I'm the, I was like the dinner party queen. Like those mm -hmm. friendships were so important to me. It was like, it was who I was, was yeah. this person who always was doing stuff with friends, with other couples, things like that. So, and there may be time for that um, in the future, because I think that that shifts, that shifts our whole lives. Yeah you know? Well, and I'm making friends. So I moved to this really tiny town and I've lived How do you make friends while. in a tiny town? Well, I realized that even though I hadn't met anyone or knew anything about anyone here, that doesn't mean people don't know about me because Ooh. there's only a thousand people in the whole town. There's one store, there's one bar, there's one hardware store, you know, one gas That's station. So cute. It's so cute. There's no stoplights. So, wow. um, so I'm, I've made a horse friend. This is my first ever real for real. Wait, actual like they are horse a friend. horse? They're a horse person. Okay. Like they know <laughs> all the horse things okay. and they do all the horse things and they know all the other horse people. And I've always, that's one thing I've really liked in my friendship profile was uh, I have this great interest and then it's just kind of me doing my own thing. Well, then I had a kid and I was like, I'm going to make a horse friend out of this kid. And I did. I raised this person to be horse obsessed. And, um, and so that was my horse buddy. But now I have a real for real adult horse friend. So I'm wow. really excited that uh, this might be like a new chapter in my friend book. That is really exciting. Yeah. Like it is so cool when you meet someone who has similar interests that almost never happens to me because I feel like I have nothing in common with anyone. So and if you, I can go oh, do something with someone, that's mm -hmm. so exciting. Yeah. And to answer your question, you meet people at the one convenience store in town. Mm. So everything happens, every bit of information, like that's kind of like the newspaper or like the 24 hour news cycle for this town is like happening at that convenience store. So, um, cool. yeah. So you go down there, you get your soda or your snack or whatever, and you meet people at the store. I feel that you would really appreciate this show called bless this mess. It was canceled during the pandemic, but love that so show. Good. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Me and Chris, we, it came out right when we bought this farm mm -hmm. like we hadn't even moved here yet and so we were watching it like preemptively like this is us this is us and we were so like hoping for a second season because it's teaching us how to do this like we didn't know and they're showing us yeah I am I was very sad when that show got canceled there were two shows that my husband and I watched together that weren't like reality TV shows, because most of the time we're watching like treasure hunting shows or house shows or cooking shows or something like that. Yeah. Ghost shows, but bless this mess. And there's another show called I'm sorry. Um, mm. that is an Andrea Savage show. Um, she's a comedian and it's on Netflix. I don't know what show, it, it, what channel it's originally on, but it's on Netflix and it's just her and this guy raising their daughter and like all the comedy that happens in parenthood. It's nice. so funny, but that and Bless This Mess were like the funniest shows ever and they both were canceled during yeah, that, the pandemic. That was totally a, a show me and my husband really enjoyed together and we don't have the same taste in shows. We usually mm -hmm. like we, yeah, we're, we watch reality TV um, the life after lockup show. 
And uh, last night we binged The Circle. Have you guys ever watched The Circle? No, we started watching. Uh, it's so bad. It's just horrible. I, I hate myself every moment. That's of that it. Social, the social media. The social media thing. one. Yeah. No, and, see, uh, my husband can't watch stuff like that. Like we've been watching Gold Rush recently, which yeah. is a show oh, God, that my he started loves watching that like randomly. He loves that show. I okay I did not I've never been interested in this show I do watch um was it the curse of oak island um which is all about looking for treasure on oak island which is this island off the coast of nova scotia it's really great I'm like years involved in this show but we started watching Gold Rush just a couple of weeks ago, and now I'm really involved, and I have no idea why I'm involved. But the thing mm-hmm. about reality shows is that even if the show is awful, even if it's super boring, even if there's nothing going on, once I get involved in these people's personal lives, I'm oh, yeah. really invested. Like, I need to know what's happening with them, and I, I worry about them when I'm not, <laughs> like, when of I'm course not watching and this those show. Gold Rush people are in some dangerous situations. They are, um, and they're not super, like, on top of, like, maybe not always in the best headspace. So you never know what's going to happen to them. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So my husband really wants to be a gold miner. That's like, who doesn't, I can't believe that no one ever told me aside from the part where they're like actually ruining the world, like the earth, like for something that seems so arbitrary. Like I genuinely, no one can convince me that gold is like a thing that should be worth money. I still don't understand why gold is worth money. I know that if I wanted to go buy something that was golden, it would not cost that much money. So I don't really understand why gold is worth money. It's just like a thing in the ground. I feel like emeralds, rubies, these things should be way more important than gold. And you still can't like buy healthcare or food with them. So I don't know why it matters at all. (laughs) That said, so that said, I totally want to be the kind of gold miner where you just like pick up your little thingy your little pan in the river and like shift oh my god like I mean I can't handle like all of these big machines where they're just like chopping down trees every five seconds and they're just like ruining everything Mm -hmm. it's horrible they're basically fracking like oh I was literally gonna say that a minute ago I was like it's like fracking yeah it's so horrible and these people are like not great people like here's the thing too about the gold oh man I I'm sorry I'm sorry gold rush people but what do they need all this money for like none of them even have families and the one who the ones who have families they all live together like in a (laughs) they all live together like in one house or something I think so they can buy more equipment and and make more gold gold. but it's just like but but to what end like I'm still so confused I feel it's like it's just socially awkward people who have found their thing like they know mm-hmm. that they can find gold so they're like this is what i'm doing until all the gold runs out like all the gold yeah. everywhere runs out but i still can't figure out why they want to do it i can't figure out like that's the cool thing about that oak island show is that it's these two brothers and one of them specifically has just been super into treasure hunting since he was like a little boy and it's mm-hmm. just so cute and endearing Aww. to watch this like 50 probably something year old man like with these like little treasure hunting eyes you know and it's not about treasure hunting eyes it's not (laughs) about get these (laughs) well it's like these gold people have gold fever like it gets crazy but it's like this guy and it's not about the money like you can tell it's not about the money like they're spending millions of dollars to hunt for this treasure that's probably not even there but it's just like, yeah. he just wants to find it, even if it's just like a little cup or something, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, I just, I can't help but just like really rooting for him. Like they're about to find this <laughs> ship and I'm like, you can find the ship, find the ship. It's gotta be a ship. I know there's a ship in the swamp. Like <laughs> I'm just so involved. Oh and like, I just want this little, the, this grown up little boy's childhood dreams to be real, you know? Um, the gold people are a little bit different and I'm not really sure what's going on. Like I, and that's why I thought I wouldn't like this show because I'm like, I don't get the gold thing. I don't get it at all. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I too am like, if I could just live in a little cabin Mm -hmm. and, you know, 
pan for gold in the backyard or something in the little stream in the backyard I feel like with gold prices as they say as high as they say they are I'd be okay like I'd be doing okay I don't know why like I don't understand at some point someone's gonna go you know what gold isn't worth anything anymore and then everyone's going to be like, what? That's like these people. The dollar's not we, even backed by gold. So I don't, I don't even know what the whole deal is other than so to make jewelry. We also started watching. Well, I guess they build things with gold, like machinery and stuff. Things, like yeah. Toilets. Like, I guess it's a thing that you can put inside pipes and like it, it melds really well or easily or something. Um, okay. So we also started watching. So now this is just a reality TV podcast, but so we also We've started morphed. watching. <laughs> This is, this is what my friendships are about these days. Yeah. Everyone friendships with people that you've never met on TV. <laughs> it's that's true. Where too. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, it's doing it for me, you know? Um, yeah, so no. we also started watching this dino hunter show and like the depressing part is that most of these people are ranchers because they buy these ranches like out in the middle of nowhere. Okay. So that's depressing outside of that though, these people are finding dinosaurs all over the place and <laughs> I'm just like, why am I not a dinosaur hunter? Like someone buy me a ranch in the middle of like (laughs) the middle and I will just go like be a dinosaur hunter. I'll like raise little dinosaur hunters. We'll all just be a dinosaur hunting family. And then that will be our thing. But here's the thing that upsets me about it. It's just like the gold thing. Like there's this one guy who has a nearly full T-Rex, okay? Mm-hmm. And he's just sitting on it because yeah. he wants a certain amount of money for it. And he's like, it's worth sure. this. I know it's worth this. He's been sitting on it for like five years. And I'm like, mm. dude, nothing is worth anything until you have that money in your hand, like yeah. at all. It's just a it's just a pipe dream until you've got that like cold, hard cash in your hand. And I'm like, how long is he going to sit on this before someone comes and like murders him for his dinosaur or all of a sudden dinosaurs aren't that great because 15,000 other people have found T-Rexes, you know, it's just like, it's so infuriating to me because I'm like, man, get rid of it. Just get rid of it. He's like, but they wouldn't offer me the full 4 million. They just want, you know, they'll give me 3.5. And I'm like, dude, get rid of the dinosaur. You'll find more dinosaurs. They're everywhere. Like wow, these people are just crazy. like walking across their ranch and it's just like, Oh, there's a plesiosaur. There's a, you know, and I mean, granted I'm learning so much because dino, like the whole dinosaur thing has changed so much since we were kids. Like I guess mm. Brontosaurus is not even a dinosaur anymore. He's not. What is he? Nope. I don't know. He's like Pluto now, you know? Um, oh. He doesn't exist. There is no brontosaurus. There are like all these dinosaurs that are named different things. And of course now dinosaurs all okay, have feathers. Is, is there a prehistoric creature with a long neck that eats plants? Only that brachiosaurus so, thing. So and that they existed just, when we were and now there's like a so they got some bones mixed up, like they got too many neck bones mixed I have up with no another idea. dinosaur. I just know and they were like because the brontosaurus was like my that was like my dinosaur right like littlefoot from the dinosaur movie he was like an herbivore for time he like the whole thing is about his Mm -hmm. family and they're the long necks and like that's everything I loved about dinosaurs. I know. Like, I, I don't even care about a T-Rex. Like, everyone's all about yeah. a T-Rex. Who I couldn't care about less T-Rex? about a T-Rex. But so now, too, there's this drama because there's this thing that there could be a nano T-Rex. And these people on the Dino Hunter show like a found a nano T-Rex. So it's, like, small. So scientists have been debating for a while now whether it's really a nano T-Rex or whether it's just a, a juvenile Maybe. T-Rex but gotcha. their, their bones are completely different. And like, mm. um, so one of the guys on this show, his family found a nano T-Rex and this guy comes in and looks at it. And he's like, this is the defining moment in history that proves like that nano T-Rex is really a completely different dinosaur, just based on the shape of the bones and how bones grow. Like, because I guess the full adult, t-rex has shorter bones 
than mm. the nano t the nano t-rex and so you mm -hmm. can't obviously you can't grow shorter you know in your yeah. bones so um it's just okay. it's really interesting um i don't know why people discount reality tv so much because you do learn things i'm not sure what you're learning on the circle um oh god nothing good nothing good <laughs> at all no i just you know like i was saying last week i think it was um I've just got so much going on and so much stress and it's just mindless. everything. Yeah. I mean, I literally, after the first episode, it just kept playing and I actually tried to change the channel to something else and then realized like I was kind of, my head was like already aligned with the wavelength of the circle. And I just needed to continue hearing those voices. They also brought in this British girl who was on the too hot to handle show who I loved because of her accent and that's making it totally worth it just to hear her talk again. So, wow. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. So um, that's what we do together in our free time uh, when we're not hanging out with friends that we don't have. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, how did get on this topic? That's really all there is to say about friends. Yeah, the ones we don't have. Just watch reality shows. <laughs> watch reality shows if you don't have people. friends. You can like that's because totally I'm gonna tell you, enough. these are my friends right here. Okay, the Mama June family, right? That's my family. And we watch such different television. It's crazy. <laughs> and the I'm only watch that show because I feel like if they get paid to just be crazy rednecks, like why can't my family also make money doing yeah. this? So I mean, I'm just trying to figure I out how, you. trying to figure out the formula here. Like how I'm do I get- I'm trying to figure out why I'm not a reality TV star too. I mean- Yeah, for sure. Any day now. Um, the Life After Lockup people are my fave people in the world. In fact, some of them live in Las Vegas and I'm like, I really want to go there and like try to find them and just tell them how much I love them. That might be weird, but- um, yeah and oh my uh, gosh rupaul is like oh my gosh girl rupaul is everything this rupaul drag race season is the greatest i'm sure he will win another emmy for best host of a unscripted reality show again he's like already won five in a row so well rupaul is killing crazy it. inspiring oh my gosh he just is everything he's everything yeah. he was so emotional this last week on the episode Aww. and my favorite person is in the final four so i'm wow. stoked i you know i get so mad at those shows when they when they kick off my favorite person mm -hmm. and like sometimes i'm like i don't even want to watch it's like, not I'll, even I'll, worth watching it sometimes because yeah. you just feel so deflated but like it, ha it happens on america's next top model um, all the time me and tyra do not agree like she just doesn't see what i'm seeing i have also started watching um <clears throat> the seven little johnstons <gasps> okay and i'm really into it like Is i'm it? really into it and i didn't even i didn't even know that this show existed what? so maybe a year ago i got into little people big world Gotcha. Um, yeah. But I've already watched the gateway all, drug into little people shows. <laughs> but I've already watched all 21 seasons of that in the last year oh because God. you know I Pandemic. worked from home and you know like <laughs> it just happened wow. that way. So, um, but then I was like checking out because I have Discovery Plus now, which is like free mm. for six months through Verizon, which is yes. pretty exciting. Um, and that's like one of the only TV things that I have now. So. I was looking at just like shows that are happening and I saw this, this seven little Johnstons and you know what? I don't like a show that only has one or two seasons because it'll take me a day to get through that. If I'm like yeah, really into yeah. it. What's the point so, of even starting it? Right. So I need to really invest. So I started watching <laughs> this little Johnston's peach people show and I'm into it. Like they're, there's nothing interesting about it necessarily, but we're starting to get into these dynamics of like the mom has this kind of mm, not troubled, but she's got like a complicated family history. And so we're starting to get into like her family history and the dad's kind of a dick, you know, but it's just kind of like some of their kids are really cute and really sweet. And like one of the little kids just had to have an MRI because like and they're like people, adopted kids right so um two of them are twins the oldest ones are theirs and then the rest are adopted okay um but one of them just had to have an mri and 
like he had to be put under to have the MRI and like any, like because of the way that like their nasal or facial bones work, like that can be like even more dangerous than in, you know, not little people. So it was like really scary and emotional. And I was like, oh my gosh, I hope he's okay. Cause he stopped breathing for a minute and it was really scary. And and I got really involved in it. Um, I am waiting for little people, big world to come back. I hope it does. And then, so I'm, I'm sort of, I've got like all these shows going on. I'm loving this Johnston show. I'm still involved in sister wives, which is just, (laughs) it's great because none of them want to be sister wives anymore. Like they're all so over it. They're completely over it. And they're all separated because of the pandemic. And they're just Mm -hmm. like over this plural marriage thing. The guy is over the plural marriage thing. They're being super honest about it. And I'm like, yes, let's get this over with. Because like they've, so many of them have been so unhappy for so long because they're basically single moms, you know? Yeah. And like, it's really frustrating. And the dad doesn't really support any of them at all, you know? So it's just like, they would be so much happier, some of them, if they just split up. So I'm really into it and I'm still involved in this 90 day fiance thing, but you know, that's hard to do during pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So there's my morality show roundup. Okay. Got it all. That's good to know. (laughs) So it's funny because I see the weekly commercials for little people, big world, the seven little Johnstons and sister wives all in my other show that I watch. So each week I get to see the big pre, you know, the, like the preview teasers mm-hmm. of what's happening. So I'm almost like up to date on what's going on in those wow. shows just from the commercials, but I've never, so I feel like the little people shows, I mean, aren't they really just exploiting little people? So that's like, what I People thought. watch that because it's funny to look at them. Oh, that's what see, I, I don't. See, well, I don't think you do, but I'm saying I think the reason it's a show, I mean, would those yes. people get a show if they were normal people? So it's exploiting little Actually, people. probably because think of all the reality shows, you know? I like, didn't get a show. You didn't get a show. I have. If I have we were little people, would we get a show? I have definitely considered the exploitation thing, especially with the Seven Little Johnstons thing, because there's really nothing that interesting about them. Mm-hmm. Now, the little people, big world, they have a farm. In Oregon, yeah, yeah. and it's actually like really like they have all this farm stuff going on all the time, so it's really yeah. interesting. Um, the thing though is that again, there's not like little people tractors and little people, like but it's farm just like equipment. there are so many reality shows about every way of life and everything that's going on, and I really just find it informative. Like, I really yeah. had no idea how many health issues little people have and like mm-hmm. all the stuff that they have to deal with and go through. Um, yeah. And it's like, I guess if you're one of those people who's watching it for that, then you're just a, a jerk. And, you know, like there are lots of jerks who watch things for lots of reasons. You know what I mean? So, I mean, but like most of those shows are are done at the expense of the people that are the star, like, like sure. Mama June and her family know that they're being exploited as these overweight, ignorant, but if you're in losers, on the joke and you're getting paid for but it, they're getting paid for it, then you know, so it's okay. Yeah. I mean, but that's, that's why now I reality don't people don't actually get paid that much. They mm-hmm. usually get paid for like deals that they make outside of the, you don't actually get paid that much for being so on a reality my, TV show. Here's my thing. I, I wonder <laughs> if they get financial incentives to have certain types of drama happen because that's well, what it looks like. A to lot me. of the drama is not Like, I remember them talking about, you know, there was some drama on a Kardashian show and it was like the little, oh, I've totally, I've, I've watched like all 20 something seasons of that. I love it. I think it's great. They were the first people who did the reality thing. They were the beginning. Um, But I will say like, uh, it's totally like the producers will be like, do you remember that fight that you guys had about this thing? Can we like go through that again um so I mean I just don't really it depends on what you're looking for you know in a show like mm-hmm. it's all it's it entertains me and I'm involved in the, yeah. the people um I'm not really sure how that is much different from 
fake show. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how, like, I don't know why that would be a bad thing that it's not completely real. You know what I mean? Um, I think it would be a little strange if it was completely all all non-scripted all the time. And some shows are like when the real world first came out, the real world was not scripted at all. It It was was real. Um, And so I think like, I don't know, I think to be able to make money off of kind of being able to navigate the way that your life looks to Mm -hmm. other people is really smart. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm um, into it, but I just feel like the little people, it's really exploitive, exploitative, exploitative. So again, it I'm them. not going to disagree with you, but I will say, I don't think it's any more exploit, exploitative <laughs> than any other reality show. Okay. Like so, in any, in any way, um, because they're doing Look all up, the exact same thing. I that, to say that word. Yeah, it's yeah, all the no, I, exact same I things as everybody else. Um, so I just don't think that that's... Now, I haven't watched... there Because there are lots of people, little people shows. Um, mm-hmm. They're in know. the same way that there are lots of, like, Real Housewives shows. You know, like... I've never watched any of those either. <laughs> I am obsessed with the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I know everything that's going what? on with all of those women's lives. I'm that's so crazy. involved in it. And I have been for, like the last few years i'm so involved that's Um, awesome i support you so i think for a lot of people it's a really fun opportunity and it opens up doors that they would not ever have otherwise yeah no reality tv is like my new my new fave it's way better than scripted tv at this point Mm -hmm. which to me is so stupid yeah i completely agree with you like i cannot watch scripted tv that said I just realized there are two seasons of Scandal that I did not know existed. And so now I am watching Scandal again and I'm really excited about it. Also, I will tell you that I downloaded the free trial of Shudder, which is like a horror channel. Okay. Yeah, I think I've seen Um, that. So I did that so that I could watch the new Creep Show. And what I have discovered about that, the new Creep Show, is that it's exactly the same as the old creep show and that the only thing that was even remotely frightening about it was the dead guy at the beginning. I don't it is remember. the most boring show on the planet. Mm. I cannot wait for my free trial to end. Oh, well, it's awful. That's too it's bad. so awful. Well, on that note, on uh, that note. <laughs> I'm going to have to about friendship. <laughs> I'm going to have to call it here. I think so. Anyway, I think the lesson we can take away today is that instead of having friends, we now just make friends with people on TV that we've never met. Absolutely. Um, and and that's kick the to the curb any friends show. who aren't worth having. Like yeah, if you're not pulling equal invest, parts, get rid of them. Invest in some Disney Plus and, you know, <laughs> that's all you need. They will never turn. They will always be there for you. Like if you're having a bad day. They're there. They're waiting at home for you. Get a free trial. Yeah. You'll be fine. <laughs> Well, this was fun. I think we'll probably want to talk more about friends one day, but I think we've said everything Perhaps. we can think to say about friends. Or After maybe not. we find some new friends, we will <laughs> we'll find new friends and I'll report more back. about friendship. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Kelly, I hope you have a really great week. I hope you do too. Thanks. Okay. Well, till next time, keep it real. Mm-hmm.